but you might want to write this down and maybe you don't. I want to put the name together, Parsit. Christ Jesus the Lord. Now, let me ask you. Lord is Greek, Kyrios. It is Greek for the Old Testament name of Israel's God, which was Yahweh. Now, let's put it together. Christ, that comes from the Old Testament. Yeshua means what? The anointed, the anointed one. Jesus, what does Jesus mean? He saves. All right. So when we say Christ Jesus the Lord, we say the anointed Savior, Yahweh or God. It's all there. The anointed Savior, God, Yahweh. Think about that. What did you say, Dustin? Can't do much no, you can't do much better than that. I didn't make it up. All right. We are today, since it's been a couple of Sundays, maybe you have forgotten. If you're new, you don't know. We're doing an exposition of the Gospel of John. We've now come to John chapter 3. Jesus has been in Jerusalem. He has stupefied the people there with his many signs and wonders, though normally he works out of Galilee. And uh, they're amazed. And we read in verse 1 of chapter 3, if I can get to it here. Now there was a man of the Pharisees. He was named Nicodemus. Pharisees, ominous term, normally hostiles. He was a ruler of the Jews, belonged to the Jewish Senate called the Sanhedrin. This man came to him by night and said to him on the QT, Rabbi, we, uh, we know that you have come from God. As a teacher, you have divine authority. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, and the answer doesn't connect. I'll explain that with what Nicodemus observed. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What's that mean? Nicodemus said to him, he just took it literally at face value. How can a man be born when he is old? He was thinking of temporal, fleshly birth. I don't see how that's possible. He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? That does not compute. I can't get my head around that. Jesus answered and he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, what's that mean? He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. We'll end right there for today. I assume everybody in this room has heard of Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels. They were the founders of the Marxist or the communist movement. One time Karl Marx's daughter asked Friedrich Engels, who was a German philosopher, but lived in England a good part of his life, 
Who do you hate the most? Engels replied, very surprising answer, Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon, for any who don't know, was the greatest preacher in the Western world, simple but great, out of London. They don't get any better or any sounder than Charles Spurgeon. He had that kind of profile in the eyes of Marx and in the eyes of Friedrich Engels. Why, she asked, why did the Marxist, and they're around today and they're pretty much running us, why did they hate a simple, though mighty English preacher so much you'd have think you would have thought he would be off page for them, irrelevant? It was because, he explained, that he preached so regularly and loudly for all of London and England to hear that you cannot regenerate a nation if there is not first personal regeneration, not personal, a personal new birth. Won't happen, can't happen, and he had a platform and he used it. In other words, you must be born again if there is to be any fundamental change for good in human and national behavior, it won't happen. Contrary to what Engels was trying to promote, an idea, the problem in human society is not class struggle, the rich against the poor, the oppressed against the privileged. That was what they were, it's what people are still out there trying to sell today, in case you haven't caught up with it. But the problem is opposition to God in the human heart. The original socialist, Ann Engels, close friend of Karl Marx, greatly influenced a sector of professing, I add the word professing, Christianity. We know it today as the promoters of the social gospel. A sector of Christianity is out there, and they're not necessarily Marxist. But I could, I'm not going to get off into this. I could give you one name that most of you might know. He went to a Marxist school here in America. And people think, oh, God, God. The guy's a nut. Today, today <clears throat> as many of you don't know, need to be informed. That socialism, otherwise known as Marxism or communism. I think you know, if you don't know, let me be the first to inform you, drives the godless left wing in American politics. I hope you're aware of that. If you're not, you need to do some reading. They propose to change what they believe is wrong with America by their program and their principles and they're wrecking the country as we speak. Spurgeon was right. You cannot fundamentally change society by changing its political structures, social structures. Can't be done. It must be changed. What must be changed are the hearts 
of people who comprise the country, and that requires masses of people to be born again. The Marxists, including Engels, despise that message. Boy, they despise it today. We're hated. And therefore, they despise the greatest preacher of the Western world since the 19th century. More importantly than any national soundness or sanity, that's just one level, but that's not the most important level. To enter the kingdom of God, one must be born again. Well, this man, Nicodemus, he was a very influential figure among the Jews. He knew about the kingdom of God, of course. After all, he was a master teacher and he was a theologian as we would think of it today. The concept of the kingdom of God was in the Old Testament. As a good Jew, he thought by being a good Jew, that means being a biological or a converted Jew, a biological son of Abraham, child of Abraham, and as a member of the covenant community by keeping the rules, the rituals, and that kind of thing. He thought that constituted a good person, one that God would accept into the kingdom of, of heaven. That's what he thought. But something tells us that he wasn't so sure. And while most of the Pharisees were really turned off on John the Baptist and now Jesus, didn't like him at all, and didn't believe he had any authority of God. Nicodemus was a man who thought for himself. And he said, when he came to Jesus, he came by night. He didn't want to be seen. That would be politically incorrect. It would get him canceled. So he comes to Jesus under the cover of darkness. And he said to him, teacher, I like to think I'm a logical man. Nobody can do all of these signs. You know what a sign is? I've told you. It's a camel. It's a miracle that carries on its back a spiritual message. Nobody can do all these things. I mean, they're just replete. They're redundant. And they're huge. Unless he's a teacher sent by God. You have divine authority. Well, you would think that Jesus would talk to him about that premise, but he didn't. Jesus, it's interesting to watch our Lord interact with people. And he says, okay, Nicodemus, let's get to the point. You're here and you're, you're worried about something. And I know what that is. You're not so sure that what most people think, that getting in, entering the kingdom of heaven is a matter of being a good boy scout, of being a good Jew. You're a little bit uneasy about that. Let me get to the heart of the matter. And he says to him in verse 3, truly, truly, and anytime you see that in the Gospels, Here's what it means. 
it's a it's a Jewish, a Judaic, Hebraic uh, idiom. True saying, I tell you as strongly as I can. Truly, truly. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot. It's impossible. It won't happen unless you are born again. And I reiterate and say to every man and woman here, though we're preaching mostly to the choirs, but all of us need to hear this every once in a while. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. We'll get to what that means. It won't happen. You can be a member of the church. You can sing in a choir, serve on committees, give tons of money. You're not going to enter. You're not going to go into the presence of God unless you have been born again. You could be baptized three times over in ink and orange juice and water. And you are not going into the kingdom of heaven unless something happens. And that something happens is something supernatural. You've got to be born again. It means that you have to become a new person. It means you have to be changed on the inside. All of us, when we come to Christ, if we really do, we still look the same. We've still got the same warts and the same pimples and the same scars. And we still wear the same age. Some of us wear it more boldly than others. But we still got all of that. But we've got to be changed inside. We've got to be given a heart. His leanings are after God. This carnal heart, this hard heart, this black heart that all of us are born with, this anti-God heart that wants to go its own way, it has to go. I can't make it go. I can't pull a string, push a button, and make it go. I can't do that. You can't do that. It's there. It's just part of the fabric of your original birth after Adam. But you've got to be after Christ, which means regeneration, a new birth, born again. That's what's got to happen. So anybody here, if you're not a believer... You could come to this church. You could soak in its waters for now and forevermore. But you're not going to enter into the presence of God. I'm really hitting this hard because Jesus did. Unless you are born again. Must happen. Well, Nicodemus, he was baffled. He said to Jesus, I don't, I don't get it. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm just confused. In verse 4, how can a man be born again when he was old? He was not thinking above the fleshly level, the temporal level, just the earthly level. And he knew of no other way to take it than the literal way that we all think of it. So how can that happen? A guy can, or a woman can't enter into his mother's womb and and have a redo, do it all over again, can he? What do you mean be born again? And Jesus answered in verse 5, again, that truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he's amplifying on the explanation. But Jesus, you notice, he does something. He does not usually if you follow his interactions in the Gospels, 
The Lord does not do what I would do if you came to me and say, Pastor, I have a question about something you said. I don't get it. If that had been me and you came to me and asked me, I say, oh, I, I see where you might be confused. Let me parse all that. Let me unwrap all that for you. Number one, number two, number three, a very homiletical way. You know, we break it down for you. Jesus didn't usually do people the favor like that. He was, he was a traditional rabbi in that sense. He would test people's interest. Do you really want to know? Do you really? And so he would kind of tease out the thing. And so he said to Nicodemus, you have a question about that. Let me amplify. One must be born of water. What does that mean? And the spirit. If you're not born of water and the spirit, that can be little spirit or as they have it translated here, capital. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Wow. Nicodemus really didn't know what to do with that either. But we will not get into all of that. That will come next Sunday. So we have a perplexing contradiction here. Jesus is dealing with Nicodemus' anxiety. Now we have a prophetic clarification. What he does, and this is going to be up here on the screen, so we, none of us will miss it. He, uh, he alludes to, he does not quote. He alludes to Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 through 27. Nicodemus was a theologian. If anybody should have known the Old Testament, if anybody should, click, should have clicked with Jesus' words and said, oh, I know what you're talking about. Should have been Nicodemus, didn't happen. Well, Ezekiel, speaking in behalf of the Lord, was talking about a coming time when chronically rebellious Israel, when they would be regenerated, individually, born again as a nation. And the Lord said through Ezekiel, this should have come to Nicodemus' mind, but it didn't. Then I will sprinkle at that day in the future when God converts Israel, I will sprinkle clean water on you, born of water and the Spirit, and you will be clean, which they never had been, except for individuals. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness, from all your idols, yes. Moreover, I will give you this is regeneration. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. You must be born again. That's what Jesus is talking about. That's what the Old Testament was talking about. That's what the Lord speaking through Ezekiel was saying. And I will remove the heart of stone, that hard black heart that this nation has always carried with them. I'll remove that from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, meaning not a carnal heart, but a heart that is sensitive responsive toward God. Yes. That just went right past Nicodemus because he was a typical Jew. He didn't get it. 
He thought people entered the kingdom of God, first of all, by being biological Jews or becoming converted Jews, and then keeping the rules, doing the good works, performing all the rituals, getting circumcised and all of that. Good to go. Not so. Wasn't going to happen. So when Jesus said of water and the Spirit, what he meant, I believe, there are other interpretations. I'm obliged to say that. I can't get into those or we'd be here till evening. But my view of this, I think it's correct, is that he was referring He's speaking in spiritual terms, but terms Nicodemus ought to connected with this. Here John the Baptist was out baptizing people in the name of the Lord. And it was a baptism of repentance. It was, it was water, literal water, that indicated that when people received it, they were repenting. And understand this, folks. Understand, everybody understands this. We do so many things so wrong. We're always preaching to people, God loves you. He does. That's why he sent his son to save us. God loves you. Just receive Jesus. Just receive Jesus. Everything's going to be okay. How many times do you hear about repentance? The first motion of faith. Repentance and faith are not two different things. We'll tie all this together in a minute. They're not two different things. The first movement of faith is to believe God and to repent. I have been wrong. I have been against God and anti-God and pro-self all my life. Oh, I've been a Jew. Yes, I've been a, a good Jew in the outward sense, but I have been a rebel nevertheless. you got to repent. God sent John the Baptist, the voice in the wilderness, to call Israel to repentance. Called them to be baptized in these waters because that said, I want to know, I want to walk with God. And it was a step of repentance. In Jesus' case, he didn't need to repent, but he was announcing his alignment with God. And that's what it was supposed to be. Well, you got to be born of water and the Spirit. It's a figurative term for repentance. And the Spirit has got to be changed. There are a lot of nice unbelievers out there. You and I know them. They would help us. They do a lot of nice things, maybe sacrificial things. But that does no good until they love God. I always say it's kind of a yeah, in stock illustration. Ossie and I have been married coming up on 64 years. She goes like this. <laughs> 64 years. But I tell you, hypothetically, if she would find out I've been good to her. She knows it. She's been good to me. But if she found out that for 64 years, all of my goodness to her had not been motivated by love for her, it's 
what she would do. It would mean nothing. All of a sudden, it would mean zero. It's the same way with God. You can go around with all your do-goodism, all that stuff in the world. You can take clothes to the food bank. You can take food out on Thanksgiving and Christmas. But with God, if it's not allied with love for him. And you can't love God. If you're not a believer, if you haven't been born again, if you haven't been born again, you have never loved God for six seconds in your life. In fact, you've never loved him for one. You've got a heart that is alien from God. It may be nice to me, but it's not nice to God. You've got a heart that does not serve God. You've got a heart that does not want God. You've got a heart that wants to serve you. You must be born again or you're going to hell. You're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus says, unless one is born again of water and the spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that changes the human spirit. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, Nicodemus. He had not gotten that. Now, there's an impassable limitation. He says, you see, Nicodemus, that which is flesh is flesh. If you're not born again, you're flesh. If you are born again, you're of the Holy Spirit. And there's an inward part of you that connects with, that is changed, transformed. You have a spirit You don't always do the right thing, but you want to do the right thing. You want to please God. You want to honor God. It's there. And you're displeased with you when you find out you haven't. It's there. If it's not there, you're not born again. And if you're not born again, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Listen. Jesus says, That which is flesh is flesh. Nicodemus, you're flesh. You're not going to get above that level. You're never going to rise above that level. You're not going to be able to do anything that is not of the flesh. Not going to happen. You cannot operate, live, or think, or have affections at the level of the Spirit. Won't happen. Well, let me show you how that works. I close with this illustration. It's not necessarily a short one, but it's a good one. On vacation... I got about three. This is one. I have a former student who's about 13 years younger than I, which means he's 95. (laughs) His name is Tom. Tom comes from pedigree. I mean, Tom is well-connected. All the way from the Bush White House, Washington, D.C., all over the place. We talk frequently. He's quite a character. He tells stories, long stories, but they're usually interesting. He comes from a, he comes from, I know I want to tell you the city. That might give something away. So I'll move on. Tom was telling me about, in one of America's great cities, an infamous, sand-laden and black-hearted, but beautiful lady. He was her friend, friend of the family. I cannot use her name. He didn't want me. 
She was not a lady of the night, but she was a lady familiar with darkness. She had six daughters, whom my friend said were immoral themselves. And uh, boys were always coming to the big mansion. And you know what was going on. But he said the girls, as well as the mother, were among the most beautiful in this city. And trust me, he knew the city. She was nominally Roman Catholic, the mother. After her prominent husband divorced her because the last child was by another man, she became ever more promiscuous. So much so that she had affairs with two Roman Catholic priests. This scandal caused the Roman Catholic Church in that area to put these guys out of the priesthood. But guess who they blamed? Her. And accused her of mortal sin, from which, according to their theology, was unforgivable. And she was condemned to hell with no chance of forgiveness, and she believed it. She told Tom, no use to talk to me, Tom, I'm going to hell. They said so. Shortly after all of that, she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Tom was visiting with her, and he decided he would take one last chance to try to lead her to Christ. As she faced her imminent demise, Tom said, I want to talk to you about your soul. And all this about being born again, folks. As I told you, it was no use. Too late, she lamented. She would be damned by her sin, ostensibly, against those two priests. Actually, it's more like the other way around, but never mind. She was sure she was going to hell. Tom uh, was in her fine home. It's a very fine home. And he knew that doctrine was in no way derived from the scripture. He told her that was a bunch of hooey. And uh, he could do it. He was Episcopalian. Still is. You know, they're Catholics who flunk their Latin. That's not original, but you hear that. Anyway, there was a room. There was a room just off their big kitchen. And uh, somehow, in all the activity, that floor had gotten ruined. So what the lady did was call in somebody to install carpet. Tom knew about this. He knew the whole history. So he said, come in here if you would. And he looked at the floor and he said, how much carpet covers this floor? She said, well, all of it. He said, that's how much the blood of Jesus covers your sin. All of it. The lights came on. The Spirit of God was in this exchange. And she received Christ. The lady who couldn't be saved. The lady who was damned and going to hell. She got it. 
the Spirit of God opened her eyes, and she became a changed woman soon after she died. She was a little concerned about going into the kingdom of God because she said, I won't know anybody. <laughs> I won't know anybody. <laughs> Thomas said, I know one guy who will because I have a friend. I'll tell you this story later, not now. I have a friend who had the same concern. I led him to Christ. And I told him God was going to send somebody along that he would know when he got to heaven. And it greatly relieved him. It's funny the ideas people have, the misconceptions. Anyway, that's a great story. You must be born again. There was a lady who was down in the slime pits of sin. The good thing is she knew it. The trouble with many who do not know Christ is that they do not recognize they're in the same slime pit. They do not recognize that before God they need to be washed. They need to be cleansed that they are sinners through and through. They're anti-God through and through. See, if you're not pro-Christ, you're anti-Christ. Do you understand that? If you're not pro-Christ, you're anti-Christ. I mean, I, wouldn't you take it the same way? If I've got people out there and they're not pro-Jim, well, I take it as anti-Jim. You can call it whatever you want to. So that was it. You must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, if you're not born again, there's one reason. It's not because God won't let you be born again. Jim, you said the Spirit of God has to do that. Well, brother, I can't push a button. I can't pull a string and say, be born again. I can't do that. It's not my responsibility. You're saying it's a supernatural thing, and God's got to do it. Now, hear me carefully. What we're talking about, if you're not born again, this is not God's fault. Well, you say, I can't do it. Listen. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. If we will seek him, he will let us what? Find him. And that's repeated about four times throughout the Bible. We will seek. If you want the Lord, if you want Christ, he will let you find him. If you want to know to him, you want to come to him, you want to enter the... Listen, don't talk about going to heaven. Talk about going into the presence of God. We want the God of heaven, not just God's heaven. And if you want God, he will let you find him. He will create that new heart. I mentioned this so many times over the course of my ministry. Aussie's dad's one of the most remarkable I ever saw. He was a hellion. He was, in some ways, one of the best fathers you ever saw, but in other words, he was just a rip-roaring hellion, fought everything that breathed and loved it, got on these drinking binges. But one night, sitting in a car with a buddy with a bottle of whiskey, he refused to drink and he said, George, I'm never going to drink again. What's that? That's reform. 
That's not being born again. But he never did drink again, and he showed up in church where he'd never been in his life, I think. Showed up in church and broke out of the aisles. An invitation was given that night and received Christ. The man was so transformed. If anybody was ever born again, it was Roy Barnett. But that was God's work. But he knew he needed God. Just a week before, he was going to kill a man. But Aussie's, and he didn't talk. Aussie's mother hit his pistol, and he was drinking, so it didn't happen. Well, you must be born again. There's no other way. Nicodemus must be born again later. He was transformed. So if you know anybody who's lost, you tell them that. Coming to church, just getting a little patina of religious won't do it. You've got to be born again, and only God can do that. But you're not going to find God until you want God. Don't put on God and say, well, it's your sovereign work. You didn't do it, so don't blame me. You didn't want him. And every day that you refuse him, you send that message. But thank goodness he can override your black heart. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for reminding us through your word, the word of the Lord Jesus, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven, to enter into your presence, to enter privilege 